It's that time again, so grab yourself a cup of joe and get ready for the cappuccino with Constable Brian. Welcome to the Cappuccino Podcast. My guest today is the head coach of the Auckland Ice Hockey Association. He's the head coach of the New Zealand men's under-20 national ice hockey team. He's the New Zealand Ice Hockey Federation senior player portfolio. We'll ask him about what, just what that is. He's the captain of the West Auckland Admirals of the New Zealand Ice Hockey League as well. He's also the A uh, in the Auckland Marco uh, on the odd occasion as a mentor player. And he quote, and this is a direct quote from him, he eats sleeps and breathes hockey, uh, weighing 181 pounds at the height of 5 foot 10 inches, a right-handed shooter from one of my favourite places in the world, Calgary, Alberta. It's a very big welcome to Justin Daigle, or there's actually two different ways you can say your surname, isn't there, Justin? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, they're, um, it's a French surname, so my, my family's background, we're, we're French-Canadians, so um, the pronunciation sort of varies, but uh, yeah, I've, I've had Daigle and Dag um, pretty much my whole life, sometimes Dagley, which it's not, but uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I've even heard you called a few other names on the ice as well, so that's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do the speed round. Normally, I dedicate it to what I think is the greatest police movie of all time, which is uh, Speed with Keanu Reeves in it. But we'll actually dedicate this speed round to one of uh, your teammates and both teams and a good friend of ours both. We'll dedicate it, the speed round, to AJ Spiller because we'll pretend it's him coming back on the D to try and stop the scoring for the West Auckland Admirals. So uh, the yeah. best hockey movie of all time, in your opinion, is what, Justin? Uh, Slapshot. Bless you. Yeah. Um, the, your favourite NL, NHL player of all time is who? Uh, Scott Niedermeyer, believe it yeah. or not. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, what's the last book that you read? Last book I read uh, would have been the um, Tattooist of Auschwitz. Oh, yeah. Okay, good book. It's a real good book. Um, what's your coffee of choice? Uh, well, I've, I've for a long time been a, a flat white guy, but lately I've been uh, dabbling into the cappuccinos and uh, oh. quite happy with those. So I think yeah. I'm a cappuccino guy, fitting yeah. for the cappuccino, eh? Um, I need to, yeah, I need to warn Timmy Hortons that you're coming for them. Um <laughs> One talent that you can't use at work, but you're actually really good at, is what? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I like I like to write poetry, believe it or not. There you go. So, yeah. Writing. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you ever you're on the sidelines and you see Justin as he goes past and he looks a little sort of vacant, he's probably composing a haiku in his, in his brain there. Um, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you didn't play hockey, what do you think you would play? Um, I, I always grew up uh, loving pretty much anything that was a sport. Um, so I think if, if uh, I love golf, really got into golf here in, in my adult years um, and was always really into badminton. Um, so probably either golf or badminton. There you go. It's all good. All right. So the last time you and I spoke um, was during lockdown. Uh, mentally, mentally and physically, that's been tough for everybody. How have you coped with all the lockdowns? Because you're uh, an active uh, senior player in the NZHIHL. You're also an under-20 coach. You're trying to keep all those people motivated as well. What have you done to keep yourself motivated during that lockdown period? 
Well, obviously we had a lot more time on our hands than we're, we're used to, um, yeah. you know, we couldn't get to the rink. Um, so I, I kind of, I kind of doubled down on, on just trying to take care of my body and, and stay as fit as I could. So, um, you know, just, just trying to be active and, and, and get some workouts in at least once a day, um, go for walks, uh, just, just little things like that, just to try to dedicate at least a block of time every day to, to doing something physical. Um, and, and it, it worked wonders. I mean, it kept, kept me in good spirits and, uh, and, and I actually, yeah, made, made some, uh, improvements in terms of my, my conditioning, um, over lockdown. I know that for some people, they probably went the other way and, uh, <laughs> and packed on a few pounds, but I, I actually managed to shed a bit and, uh, and yeah, stayed pretty fit. And then obviously, uh, the Christmas holidays ruined that completely. So we're back to square yeah, one. So that's okay. That's okay. It's only the start of the season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's right. yeah. The last yeah. few seasons obviously have been horrible for everybody, for uh, fans, players, administrators, coaches. It's been, you know, one moment we've got a full season, the next moment we've got a condensed season, and we completely understand why those choices were made. It was to try and keep everybody safe. How have you re- um, sort of remained positive about it as a hockey coach with those younger players that you're dealing with? Because, I mean, a lot of them, um, and I heard a podcast where you were talking to a, a buddy of yours up in Alberta, you know, you're saying a lot of those players you've had to do video sessions with and everything else. Has that been tough? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, throughout the first lockdown, we, we really, um, you know, did, did a lot of video stuff and we're doing twice a week with, um, with the different age groups to try to keep the kids engaged and, and stay engaged with the kids. Um, and, and that was, that was good. Um, but obviously lockdowns just carried on and on and on. And, and so, um, it got to a point where we, we, we just were sort of holding on to hope that we'd get back to the rink as soon as we could. Um, you know, it, it obviously had a, had a massive impact on, on the kids, um, not being able to, to get out and get with their friends and, and participate in the sports that they play. And, um, I'm sure it took not only a physical, but a, a mental and, and psychological toll on those kids, which is, which is the saddest part of, of the whole lockdown. Um, and, and now that now that we're back at it, you know, we, we just, uh, first few sessions back, it was just the, the amount of excitement and, um, the energy that the kids had, it was just awesome. So, um, yeah, we're, 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 we hit the ground running and, and it's just so good to be able to see, uh, you know, the kids smiling and having fun and playing with their mates and, and out on the ice and, and enjoying themselves. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's been, been good. That's going to be uh, awesome to watch that puck drop with the Admirals versus the Marco. It could almost be like the Flames versus the Oilers, just quietly. Um, <laughs> so you moved from Alberta to Calgary. Uh, sorry, you moved from Alberta to Calgary to us about eight years ago. What's been the biggest culture shock for you as a Canadian coming to New Zealand? Yeah, um, actually, I think it's been closer. I think October this year will be 10 years, as, wow. as crazy as that is. Yeah. Um, yeah, almost a decade uh, catches up with you. But uh, for me, the, the culture shock, I mean, it's an easy transition because like Canadians, you know, Kiwis are so welcoming, so friendly, right. so, um, you know, helpful and considerate. And, and, you know, you got people holding doors for each other to get in and out of shops and chatting to each other in the lineups at the supermarkets and things like that. I mean, um, that's exactly like it is back home. So, mm-hmm. so as far as, you know, what, what the, the people ha- um, brought is, it was, it was an easy transition. Accent took me a little while to figure out, um, <laughs> yeah. but then it was uh, really the, the influence is, is, is interesting because um, in Canada, our influence is mainly American, right? Mm-hmm. We, we were North America. And so, um, you know, we have all the same sort of, uh, you know, adverts and um, companies and, and snack foods and all that stuff uh, kind of stems from what they do in the States. Whereas here it's, 
lot more um, UK based. So a lot of the influence is, is from the UK. Um, so that was a bit weird. There was, you know, snacks. I was like, what, what kind of chips are those? And then yeah. they called them crisps. And I'm like, what's going on? And yeah. it, was, uh, it was a little bit, <laughs> there yeah. was a little bit of, uh, you know, just figuring things out and, and getting to know it. But, uh, you know, yeah, that, that's the biggest difference is just the, the influence is, is from a different sort of um, bigger country. So yeah, yeah. Uh, apart from your family, because obviously that's the one thing that everybody misses the most. What's the thing that you miss the most about Canada? The snow and the ice, snow, yeah. for sure. I, uh, I'm, I've always, I've always loved winter, um, and so you know, back home with the outdoor rinks and um, that first snowfall, there's just something so magical about it, and uh, and not not having seen snowfall outside of I think there was a couple of years ago in Queenstown it was snowing when we were there for a, a game and um that was that was pretty cool but uh, yeah definitely just just miss winter altogether like a, like a Canadian winter altogether yeah um, and have, it's pretty, having, pretty fun being out having experienced the Calgarian winter um I can bet you that the snow you saw in Queenstown wasn't quite like Calgary <laughs> for sure uh, yeah. okay. no no so, not on the same level uh, no not wrong yeah uh, not as cold either um you weren't planning on playing hockey when you came to New Zealand were you because uh, the listening again to the podcast you did with your buddy uh the reason you're playing hockey in New Zealand all came about because you got asked to wait on a table is that right yeah yeah it was it was completely by chance um I was here on a on a working holiday visa um had, had sort of been traveling through Southeast Asia for I think I did about nine months just sort of backpacking around and um and then yeah I had the opportunity to come over here to New Zealand and check that out before going back to Canada so so took advantage of that opportunity and um ended up uh being a server at uh, at a restaurant called Tribeca um here in, in Auckland in Parnell um and and yeah managed to uh get to a point where I was I was sort of responsible for a few tables and um, and then one of the tables that came in was uh, Tim and Jenny Ellis's um, company Christmas party, uh, and Tim works with gas. And so um, I, I was allocated to their table and started serving, and uh, they heard my accent and asked where I was from. So I said Canada, and uh, they asked where in Canada, Calgary at the time, Fraser, their son, Fraser Ellis, um, was in Calgary at a hockey camp. Um, so right away they asked if I played hockey and had any any experience and I, sh I shared a little bit about my background with them and and then they mentioned that they were in need of a defenseman um, in the National League here and I was like mm -hmm. you guys have hockey I mean I, I haven't <laughs> had it, yeah. uh, heard anything about it at all and uh, and so anyways they put me in touch with the coach at the time Chris Lange, and I met with him and did a little uh makeshift tryout um using his gear he was six foot two i'm five foot nine uh, so I was yeah. swimming in this stuff and uh and, and yeah i uh went out there ripped around for about 10 15 minutes and then he he sort of welcomed me aboard as an import so got my mom to ship my gear and uh and that was yeah coming up 10 years ago so yeah and what did everybody say back home when you said hey i'm playing ice hockey in the national league <laughs> i've just done like a 20 minute trial and i'm in the national league there yeah, they, uh, they, well, they were as surprised as me to learn that there was ice hockey here. Um, yeah. And actually, that's the funny thing is I, I said, I'll be playing ice hockey. And they went, what's ice hockey? You just mean hockey? Because yeah. that's a, another big thing is for yeah. us back home, it's just hockey. hockey. But here you got to yeah. make the distinction. So, um, but yeah, they, they were just surprised that um, that there was, you know, a league at that level. And, and then we're obviously really excited about the opportunities um, that, that that would present and being able to just carry on. I mean, I, I thought I had sort of hung up the skates for good and was happy to just go see the world and travel a little bit and uh it kind of you know 
come to terms with that. Um, and then when this opportunity presented itself, I was like, yeah, well, might as well keep the dream alive. And I always love the sport. And um, the, the best part about it is the dressing room with the boys and, and you just, um, that, that sort of sense of belonging to a family. And um, so I, I was yeah quite happy to, to step in and, and uh, just fell in love with, with the admirals and, and the hockey scene here in New Zealand and, and was uh, yeah happy to just keep going. So well, nothing wrong with that either. Um, What's the current state of New Zealand hockey look like? Because when I say to my friends, you know, they're like, tell us about Auckland. And I tell them, I tell them the population. And then I say, you know, we've got like um, a couple of uh, national league teams here. We've got the Marco to Swarm with City, uh, with the Admirals and everything else. And they're like, yeah. And then I'm like, and they're like, how many rinks have you got? And I'm like, two. Uh, and in Auckland, and they're like, ah, oh, okay. And so what's the general state of uh, hockey in New Zealand look like? Are, are we, because when I was talking to AJ with his podcast, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but obviously with lockdown, that's probably calmed down a bit. But um, things are looking on the up for hockey, so to speak, aren't they, in New Zealand? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, and, and even even post-lockdown, um, all of our programs here in Auckland are growing. Mm-hmm. Um, our Learn to Play program, we, we've set some records in terms of attendance. Um, our Super League that we run for the under-12s and under-9s, uh, we're seeing record-breaking attendance. Had to expand that league, actually, to uh, to, to 10 teams from eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, yeah, it's it's growing and, and, um, and, and, yeah, trending younger and younger, which is another big, big important part of growing the grassroots mm-hmm. is that that average starting age is coming down. Um, but yeah, we're, we're hockey's in a, in a really good position at the moment and, um, and not just here in Auckland, but, but across the country, um, there's a lot of hard work being done, um, you know, behind the scenes and, and at the federation level to, to drive and help other regions and, um, and everybody's really banded together to, to sort of achieve that common goal of, of growth and retention. And, uh, and yeah, we're really starting to see that the fruits of that hard work and yeah. now it's just a matter of, of hopefully, um, keep continuing with the traction uh, and, and not having any interruptions and really being able to see, you know, what, what type of growth can we have in, in sort of a calendar year without having to stop and start a COVID. So it's exciting. It's really exciting. Yeah, yeah no, definitely right. As a fan, I'm loving every second of it. Um, now the NZHIL season drops in just a couple of weeks. Uh, first game, 11th of June, uh, some team called the Admirals versus uh, my favourite team <laughs> called the Auckland Marco. Um, how hard has it been? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm biased. I'm completely biased. How hard is yeah, it yeah. To, to prepare in that off season and get ready for um, the, the upcoming season? Knowing, I mean, yeah, sure, we're out of lockdown, but knowing that you know, oh, hopefully the season's not going to be cut short or anything else. And uh, the NZ OHL's done a really good job with its schedule, but has it been really hard mentally to try and physically prepare for it? Sort of not 100% sure that it's actually all going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a good point, and probably the hardest part is is was the uncertainty, um, and and when you do have that sort of stop and start, and it's it's really easy to to start to lose focus and get discouraged and and question why you put in all the work on your own time, and um, and so I think that uh, from a player's perspective, like um, the benefit was, like you said, with the scheduling sort of being shifted from from the anticipated start date, it, it bought us a bit more time, which has also allowed us a bit more training time. So we've been able to, to extend sort of our preseason um, trainings, which has just been great to get everybody back on the ice and, and get the rust off from what was a very long um, off season. Um, and, and so I think most of the guys did a great job of, of trying to keep themselves fit and, and take care of their bodies. And, 
Um, and so we uh, just, yeah, everybody was just absolutely fizzing to get back out on the ice. And, and now that we're able to have those team trainings and, and really build up for the season, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's just really exciting times. I, I, you know, fingers crossed, we don't have any more interruptions and we can get through the full season and, um, and yeah, really, really um, have a bit of that closure that we didn't get to have last year and, and the year before. So. Yeah, not wrong either. Now, just for the non-hockey listeners, for the New Zealanders listening, not the Canadians that will be listening, many New Zealanders watch ice hockey and, you know, they look at the lines coming off the bench and they're like, hang on, what's going on there? Those guys have come off, they've come back on, they're only ice skating around a rink. How hard's that? And when I said this to AJ, he said, yeah, really, we've got some players like that as well. They think it's not that hard to skate around either. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now yeah. I know that you do running for your preseason training and everything else. Um, could you, comparatively speaking, could you give us some idea of physically uh, what it's like to be on, let's say, the first line for the Admirals and be out on the ice for three minutes and compare that to some type of exercise that every New Zealander would know so they've got some idea of the efforts and the exertion level that you're actually having to do? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the cool part about ice hockey, what makes it so unique is the stop and start. Um, aspect you know it's mm -hmm. it's uh it's short bursts and it's sprints and it's about strength and, and then obviously about recovery um so slightly different to what you see in rugby in terms of they're they're out there the entire time and mm -hmm. um much more of, of an endurance side of things but uh in ice hockey it's it's a lot more uh again about about those short bursts and uh, and then recovery and how quickly can you can you recover and get ready to do it again and so um if you're taking a three-minute shift you're probably going to be exhausted so we we try to keep it to about 45 seconds to a minute yeah. um, and that, that allows us to be able to keep that intensity and push that pace um, but as far as you know the, the, the training involved everything we do is kind of high high intensity interval training um, which again is, is going to help in terms of that recovery focus um, so it's it's 30 30 to 45 seconds of, of maximum output whatever the the movement or the exercise might be um and then a minimal amount of rest time and then you go back and do it again and um and and so there's a, a you know tons of science behind all of it and, mm -hmm. and so um but really it is is it, it is about that it's, it's being strong being being quick um being explosive but but also um, being able to recover quickly and get ready to do it again. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tiring if you're doing it right. If, yeah, you're, yeah. if you're out there yep. just sort of coasting, cause that's the benefit is you, you can glide in hockey, whereas you yep. can't glide in rugby. So, um, if you're out there just gliding, uh, you probably won't see the ice too, too much, but yeah, I that you probably, you definitely didn't see the last couple of years of my rugby career. I glided the whole way. Um, <laughs> now as well as being, uh, uh, West Auckland Admiral Captain, you're also an Auckland Marco mentor player with an old teammate, AJ Spiller. Uh, some days, does it seem a little bit weird that you can be playing for the Admirals, next day you're playing for the Marcos and there's AJ playing with you and it's almost like you're back in the Admirals again? Does that seem a bit strange sometimes or not? Yeah, I, to be fair, I, I love it. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's an amazing opportunity as, as a senior player. Um, I'm getting older, so it's, it's a really cool opportunity to be able to have a bit of a direct impact and, uh, on those younger players that are coming up. I, I mean, I coach a lot of them with the under-20s program, so yeah. it's cool to have that sort of mix of the relationship and in some cases when, when we're at the national camps, I'm, I'm the coach, but uh, when we're playing with the Mako, you know, I'm, I'm one of the peers and I get to sort of uh, engage and interact with them on a bit of a different level and, uh, and take a different approach to, to, to that, that aspect of it. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I'm, I'm 
very fortunate to, to be able to do that. I think it's an amazing opportunity. And I know that the rest of the mentor players will say the same thing, um, mm. that they, they just, yeah, love to be able to, to um, help the, the upcoming generation and, and um, have a bit of an impact in terms of, uh, in terms of that side of things. So yeah, it's, it's an honor. Not wrong. It's almost like you're reading my questions because being, I was, my next question is being the New Zealand under 20 coach and the Auckland um, Ice Hockey Association head coach, is it strange being a mentor player and not contributing for the Marco in like a coaching role? Because um, it must seem quite weird because a lot of those players, like you said, you coach at New Zealand level. Um, you've got AJ and last season it was Andreas. I think we've got uh, Michelle this year, haven't we, for the Marco coaching this year with AJ. Um, is, does it weird when you're in the dressing room not really saying anything and just listening to AJ talk to people about what they're doing wrong or are you contributing as well? Yeah, no, I, and I think that's the cool part is it's kind of, you know, it, it's, it's almost like a coach by committee. Um, we, we all are in, in those positions as mentor players to be vocal and, yeah. and to, to lead by example, but also um, be able to sort of steer the ship the right way as far as, you know, those messages to the players and, and, and work alongside the coaches. I mean, really that's, that's what it's all about is, um, that we're all we're all saying the same things, delivering the same messages, so we're not creating confusion, but um, but just multiple aspects of of how we can how we can help those players develop and um, and do some educating along with that. So um, it's it's really again a, a pretty unique situation, um, but one that uh, that I know from our perspective as mentor players, we love it, and and the feedback that we've got from from those younger players, those under twenties and under twenty threes, um, they seem to really enjoy it too. So yeah, it's, yeah it's pretty cool. It's a good, it looks really, from the sidelines, it looks like you guys are having a lot of fun, which is, as we all know, that's what the game's about. Um, recently, there's been lots of talk and reflection on the pressure of, on young athletes. When you compare your hockey youth in Canada and some of the young players currently at the NZIHA level, um, how important is player welfare becoming as opposed to, like, and I'm like 10, 12 years older than you are, uh, back in our day, not that I ever played ice hockey, but I played hockey and I played rugby. It was always about the score on the board. And I don't care, kid, if you've got a broken leg or you're not feeling that good, just get out there and do your stuff. Um, that certainly changed. But um, how, how have things been um, with the player welfare specifically with the younger guys, that, guys and girls that you are looking after and mentoring? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, there's been a massive shift uh, and, and I can only really speak on, on behalf of my experience with, yeah. with hockey, but, um, but I, I've seen a massive shift in, in terms of the approach to, to be honest. And I, I needed to do a lot of changing as I started to become a coach in terms of my approach and my mentality, because I was a product of those old days where it was, mm -hmm. you know, uh, score first, result first, uh, give everything you have, which, which, I mean, there's still some, some value in terms of the output of your energy towards the team goal. But I think that, um, you know, it, it's much less about result uh, and a lot more about inclusion and making mm -hmm. sure that we, we make room for every athlete, not, not just focused on, on the elite level, but, um, really, I mean, like you said, we play the sport cause it's fun and we love mm -hmm. it. And so, um, we, a big shift in terms of that, that idea of being inclusive as opposed to, um, elitist. Um, I think that's the biggest, biggest change that I've noticed is, um, just providing opportunities for the kids to fall in love with the sport, whether they play at a high level or, or they, you know, just, just sort of play at, at uh, recreation level uh, as so long as they're playing hockey then we've done our job and then we kept them in the, in the sport and, and they'll they'll as a byproduct of playing a sport uh, any team sport you're, you're going to learn some life lessons along the way 
And I think that that's the really cool aspect of what sport provides is, is the, um, the life lessons, the lessons that transcend sport and, and can, can really help an individual life. And I think that's the cool part. So, yeah, not wrong. That, which leads me into my next question. What do you reckon the best life lesson hockey's taught you? I don't know that there's just one best. I think it's, it's sort of a, a, a whole bunch of them. I mean, you know, the idea of, of work ethic and, and putting the team first and being one piece of a big puzzle and, and mm. the fact that what you do has an impact on your teammates and the team as a whole, as an individual. Um, I think that, uh, that that's kind of the big thing, overcoming adversity, um, being able to, to approach obstacles and challenges and, and hit them head on and have the drive and, and perseverance to sort of push through tough times. I think, um, the just just what it does for your 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 sort of psychology in terms of that that aspect if you're going to get to to you know any level you, you you're going to have to put in time you're going to have to um you know put put the sport ahead of other things in your life and and i think that uh, that yeah it's just it ticks a lot of boxes in terms of what i think a, a, a successful person um the qualities that a successful person are, are going to need to have and those those character traits i think it's yeah. Uh, yeah, the selflessness and the sacrifice and um, like I said, being one cog in the machine, I think is uh, is a big one. So yeah, and a special shout out to all the goalies whose resilience is better than most. Just I'm just <laughs> now speaking Absolutely. of player, yeah, speaking of player welfare um, and doing research for this podcast, you have had some horrific hockey injuries, uh, not just on the ice. There was one particularly where you were playing sort of a game off to the side and you snap your fibula, you tear a deltoid and your foot is out by about two inches. That's your first sort of severe hockey injury, isn't it, right? Um, and then let's flip forward a little bit, maybe six years uh, prior and you are playing in an NZHIL game and you take a hockey stick to the eye, uh, which then goes on to become a surgical conference, international surgical conference sort of success story. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just so some people have got some idea of the severity of your eye injury, the average eye pressure is, for most people is somewhere between 10 to 21 PSI, pounds per square inch, right? What was, what did your yeah. eye pressure get up to, Justin, before they... It was uh, it was at 42, um, so I, I had to get my eye pressure tested every two hours for four days while I was in the hospital. Um, and if it hit 45, I was told by the, by the doctors and nurses that if the eye pressure would have hit 45, they were just going to have to pull my eye out because it had the, the chance to rupture. Um, yeah. and so I hit, I hit 42. So I was, I was really, really close. Yeah. So very, very lucky. Yeah. Really lucky. Um, now obviously there's a fear that you're going to lose that eye. Um, and you luckily escaped that, but when you're lying in bed and you would have just been late twenties, early thirties, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, did you, were you thinking to yourself, oh, well, this is it, I'm pretty much done and dusted? Um, or were you one of those positive outlooks and sort of like, look, you know what, I, I can still play with one, I can still do this. I mean, there's been famous examples of um, sports players. Uh, Gordon Banks, the English uh, football goalie, he uh, lost an eye in a car accident. Was, was there ever any change to your mindset or was it always like, look, if this happens, it happens and I'm just going to have to deal with it? I think I think that um, that yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head there. It was it was because of the touch and go nature of it, and, and really not knowing what the long term prognosis was. 
Um, all I was trying to do was just stay positive day to day, you know, and, and, uh, not really, I mean, at that point, when, when you're talking about something like an eye or, or it's, you sort of forget about sport in a sense, you know, you, you start just thinking about the impact that could have on your life day to day. Um, and so, so yeah, there's some definite dark moments, but I tried to just sort of take it every day, one, one step at a time, um, follow the doctors and nurses advice, trust them. They're, they're the experts. Um, and, and luckily I had an incredible team that, uh, that got me through it all. Um, and, and just, you know, support from family. Uh, my mom ended up taking a flight to come out here and, and be with me through my rehab process post-op and, um, and, and yeah, just trying to just not think too far into the future and just, just take it step by step and day by day and, and then see where we get to once, once the surgery was over, see how it recovers and then, and then take a look at what we can do from there. Take a look. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> so, literally. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, from, yeah. So from where to go. So from the injury actually happening to you coming back onto the ice, can you remember what roughly time period it was? So the, the injury was in July. I'll never forget it. Cause it was actually Canada day. Um, so it happened on July 4th, uh, sorry, July 1st. And, uh, and I was, um, back playing our, our sort of summer, summer hockey here in Auckland. I was back playing in, I think it was, uh, January, uh, late January. So, um, yeah, I, I had to wait from, from the time of the injury, they had to wait till the eye stabilized, um, before they wanted to operate. Um, and then I, I wanted to wait till my mom had got here so that she could help me post-op. So there was about a three, three and a half week period from the time of injury till I had surgery. Um, and then the post-op recovery was pretty, pretty extensive. Um, so yeah, I had weekly visits to the op- ophthalmologists and, uh, lots of testing and scanning and. Um, so yeah, by, by the time I, I wasn't even allowed to really elevate my heart rate for, for about a month and a half, just, um, just to let things sort of settle down and not, not, uh, in, increase or, or, um, yeah, increase the, the pressure in the eye, just had to keep it pretty, pretty calm and relaxed. So yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, yeah, over six months of recovery time. Yeah, a bit. Okay. So you are now well and truly entrenched in coaching. Obviously you're still playing as well. Uh, here's the $64 million question. If you had to make a choice between coaching or playing, which one would it be and why? <laughs> so are we are we taking this as as like today? Yeah. <laughs> or are we oh, taking no, no. it as I'm gonna, playing I'm gonna say in my prime? Playing, playing in, in my prime, prime or coaching? <laughs> playing in your prime and coaching in your prime. Um geez, I mean, such a tough question. Um there there's there's part of me as, as just, you know, uh, an athlete that I'll, I'll always um, have that fire, you know, that passion, mm-hmm. that, that thing that um, coaching, coaching kind of hits the tip of the iceberg with what you get out of it. And as far as satisfying that, that feeling. Um, but I think there's, there's nothing quite like playing at that, at that high level. And so, um, but with that said, you know, you got to weigh the other side of it too, the ability to impact, you know, young players and, um, and, and uh, be able to, to really, yeah, help them and, and guide them through their development process is, is hard to replace too. So I don't like that question very much. I that, yeah. <laughs> I was a bit yeah. I, like, as I wrote it, I'm like, I know he's going to want to play. That's all good. Yeah, so somewhere in your NZHIHL, AHA career, AJ Spiller and a few others, yourself included, I'm guessing, begin to formulate plans for the Auckland Marco, the team which can't get points 
as mentor players, did you ever think to yourself as you were beginning to formulate this plan for sort of up-and-coming hockey players in New Zealand, hmm, is this actually going to work? Are we going to get people to turn up to the game and support this team? Are we actually going to get player buy-in? I mean, yeah, it's like I said to AJ, it's a little bit like sort of saying, hey, uh, come play for the Mighty Ducks. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you ever sort of think to yourself, yeah. maybe it's not going to take off? Yeah, I mean, look, and, and like you said, there was there was a lot of people that put a lot of time and energy into the the, the Mako and getting that off the ground. And um, you know, were were there doubts? I mean, yeah, there there always is when you're going to take on something new like that. But um, I think that that we we had identified the fact that there there was you know this gap and and that um, under 23s really unless they were you know cracking the lineup in the NZIHL, we were losing a lot of them. Um, and and we we didn't have a lot on offer for those players other than adult recreation hockey, um, and that's that's unfortunate that that um, we didn't have you know a, a pathway or an avenue to keep them in the game at a high level and continue to develop them. And so um, we were confident that when we presented it to the players that they they would um, be on board with it, and and sure enough they were. Um, and so were all the administrators, you know, the the coaches that we we got involved and um and the mentor players were were excited about it i mean it, it's extra game time so so as a player who loves to play i mean you get to play more games and um and again then the impact you can have on the upcoming hockey generation is is invaluable so um initially yeah you're always going to have little little doubts in your in the back of your mind but uh but we yeah it was it was awesome to see how well it was received and the fan base i mean you look at the logo it's an awesome logo yeah oh, um yeah. and and so it's uh yeah I, I, yeah, not not surprised at, at, um, at how how well they were received and the attention they got. And, and again, the buy-in from the players was awesome. So, Like I said to AJ, did you actually get to see the line for the first game versus you guys outside the rink for that first game or not? <laughs> yeah, we because uh, we go out, out to do our off-ice yeah. warm-up. Um, yeah. So we actually have to walk kind of through that line. Yeah. Um, and, and to be fair, like uh, having been a long-time Admirals player, Yep. Never seen anything like that. I mean, it was yeah. lined up. You couldn't find parking. I mean, Lansford Crescent was just chalker block. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, you see the lineup of people all the way out the parking lot and down the road. And it was it was pretty cool as as a as a player to to see it uh, to see that. And uh, and then again, the the atmosphere was just amazing. I mean, there's nothing better than playing in front of no. a, a packed house. And so no. it was it was really cool, really really cool. And like I said, AJ, one of the best things about uh, the New Zealand Ice Hockey League for me is as well as your um, your admirals, your Botman Swarm, the Marco jerseys and all the others, you also have people wearing Canucks jerseys sitting next to Ottawa Senators. <laughs> yeah. And you and I both know that would never happen in Canada. So that's no, a, no. <laughs> that's a cool thing. Hey, how um, recently, this week, in fact, it's been announced that um, USA Hockey is going to be involved in the game uh, in New Zealand. How excited are, are you as an under-20s coach with that happening? Oh yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. Um, yeah, we, uh, look, it's, it's goes without saying that USA hockey has an incredible program. Um, they're doing amazing things, um, in all of their age groups, as far as developing players, but also making sure it's fun first, um, and keeping mm -hmm. them in the sport, which, which always has to be the priority. Um, and so, so we, we use a lot of what USA hockey does here locally with, with some of the sessions that we run and the, the practices that we run. And, 
um, they, they've yeah been been incredible in terms of the support that they've offered and um, and yeah we're looking forward to again being able to to soak up as much knowledge as as we can from them and and have that support is going to be uh, just yeah just amazing uh, they're they're world renowned and and now we get to sort of uh, learn firsthand from from what they've done and and it's tried tested and true so it's uh, it's awesome for everybody in hockey. Yeah, they've got a few good national team players as well, haven't they? <clears throat> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So if, if any 10 or 11 year old is listening um, and, oh, hey, that's the under 20 coach, what what would be the three things that you would say to that 10 year old to work on uh, for their hockey? Um, well, I, I would say that. Um, I think I think that it's it's fundamental character traits. So so things like work ethic, being a good teammate. Um, I think those those come above and and uh, ahead of of things like work on your skating and work on your puck handling. I mean, if you stay in the sport and you get on the ice enough, those things will 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 take care of themselves. So I think it's really the the other stuff, the the stuff off off the ice. Hockey is growing in New Zealand, and about the next five years time. Where do you expect it to be? Um, do you expect that there'll be like, and we're talking real crystal ball stuff here, and it's only in your opinion, but do you expect that we can have more, for instance, NZHIH, NZIHL teams? Do you think there'll be um, an improved women's league? And I guess the big $64 million question is, do you think we'll actually have maybe a couple of New Zealand teams in the Australian Ice Hockey League? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think we're going to just continue to grow. Um, that's the the number one thing. I think eventually the mock will sort of stand on their own. They, they won't, um, they'll, they'll be part of the league. Their, mm -hmm. their points will count. Um, that that's sort of the first step. Um, would be awesome to see uh, a place like Wellington with the, an NZIHL team um, by then uh, because they're, they're growing their association as well. They've launched their learn to play program and things like that. So um, yeah, I think, I think the NZIHL continue to grow. I think that hockey in general will continue to grow. Um, and, and, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure there'll be, you know, an, an improved, I wouldn't say improved, but I think that we'll, we'll, we'll play on the, the, the relationship with um, the Australian um, Federation and, and try to do more in, in conjunction and collaboration with, with the Aussies as well. They're, I mean, they're so close um, and obviously, you know, have, have more numbers in terms of uh, members and things like that. So I think, I think uh, there'll, there'll be a focus on trying to do more with, with Australia um and and yeah just i just think that the, the sky's the limit i mean again if we have no interruptions and we have some op an opportunity to really regain some traction i think that uh, the growth is somewhat exponential so yeah best of all those national teams get out to those tournaments all around the world and they can actually meet players from other countries and learn different stuff now lots of kiwis watch obviously the nhl um and we were doing really well with the nzohl games as well there were big crowds there and everything else before lockdown but let's be honest, and I say this as one of these people, and you can feel free to laugh at me, it's fine. Um, the average New Zealanders hockey IQ um, probably is pretty average. Um, you know, uh, like uh, some some of my Canadians might say, you guys realise that it's not just sort of rock bang, smash them over the head type hockey. There is actually like <laughs> stuff going on here. And I'm like, yeah, of course we do, yeah. Um, so for the, new, for the new watcher or somebody who's coming to their very first NZIHL game, and I'm bringing a few along, What's three things that they should keep an eye on when they're actually at the rink? Apart from the puck going in the back of the net, you can't hit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, you got to keep your eye on the puck because you never yeah, know yeah. when it's going to go over the net and, yeah. and up in the stands. So um, 
but no, I think, I think, um, yeah, the, the, the big one is, is sort of try to try to take little glances away from the puck and sort of, uh, as, as you watch more hockey, you start to be able to predict how the play is going to work. Um, and, and so you can start to be able to anticipate a little bit where the puck's going to end up or where it's trying to get to. Um, so, so kind of glancing away from the puck once in a while, just to see how the players move. And, um, and then obviously, you know, if there's ever little skirmishes, it's always good to keep your eye on what's going on with those as the play moves up the ice. And, um, and, and I think, uh, yeah, just, just, uh, learning the basic rules is probably probably a, an important thing. Um, so just what what's offside, what's icing, and um, and then again, just the, the more you watch it, everyone who's ever seen their first game of ice hockey is always blown away at the speed and then yeah. the physicality and the you know the, the fact that it's contact and you can't go out of bounds. The boards keep you in, and so it's like just um, I, I would say like don't don't even try to really dissect it too much. Just enjoy it. Go and go and watch yeah. the show and and enjoy the atmosphere and soak it up and and the more you watch hockey you'll start to sort of see some of those little nuances with how the play develops and um what what some of the strategies are but uh, initially just just go and and have fun and be part of the atmosphere it's, it's yeah. a lot of fun yeah i want to um, tell you about the friend i had who couldn't understand why they when the commentator said oh you know they're obviously pushing it to the corners and she turned around to me and said there aren't any corners in the rink down. I'm like, we'll just leave it there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not wrong. That's a good one. Yeah, good observation. Wrong, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's, not wrong. she's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now sponsorship and funding is always an issue for sports and hockey is, uh, is not a cheap sport for anybody that's involved with it. And obviously uh, for our game, it's an issue too. Now, apart from buying NZH, IHL passes and merchandise and getting in behind some of the um, local associations, what, more can the average Kiwi do to help the game grow? Do you think? I think I think honestly, like a, a big thing is is bums on seats. Like we we just need people to to come and and again, um, I don't I, I I don't know if I've ever had a Kiwi that's seen their first game of ice hockey and that hasn't fallen in love with it. I mm-hmm. mean, um, it, it's one of those infectious sports that just sort of starts to consume you and kind of brings out this other side of people because <laughs> of that sort of physical nature. It, uh, yeah. It's hard not to get intently involved, you know? And so um, I think that the, the best thing you can do is, is come and support us by watching, watching it live. Um, and, and again, be, be in the building and, and enjoy what, what the show is. And, uh, and that's kind of the, the whole thing is it's, it's, it's a game of hockey. Yes. There's two teams competing, but we, we want people to come to the rink and, and, and feel like they, they were at an event. They, they yeah. were at a show. And, uh, and that, that's, I think, the, the easiest way for, for an individual to, to sort of show their support and, and provide that support to, to the game is turn up and, and be part of it. So Yeah, not wrong either. Now, let's switch over a little bit. Stanley Cup's being played at the moment. The playoffs are being played. You, like I, um, it's part of the reason Justin and I get on so well as we're massive <laughs> Calgary Flames fans. Um, and while, yeah, yeah. yeah, while our heart is always going to say the Flames for the Stanley Cup, not since 89, hear me. Uh, but what does yeah. your coach's brain say when you see those teams? We've only had a couple of games of uh, the second round. What does your coach's brain say without um, Calgary and Flame bias? Who's Who, in your opinion, is going to win it? I, I mean, I, you know, I, it's, it's hard to look past Colorado. Um, they are just an absolute powerhouse. They've got so much skill uh, there in terms of their, their offensive production, their, their defense, their depth. Um, so, and, and I mean, you can't count out, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, the two time mm-hmm. defending champs. I mean, they, they, they did it twice in a row for a reason. And, um, and they're, they're, you know, chugging 
and along with their attempt at a third. So uh, I, I feel like they're, they're, it'll run out for them eventually. I, I think it, it has to sort of, the torch has to get past. Um, yeah. I, I, I really, really love the way Calgary plays. Um, Daryl Sutter is, is an incredible coach, um, runs a very tight, tight system um that is defense first and and you work from your net out um so i i I have confidence that calgary can make a solid push but i i mean you're you're gonna have to come up against colorado at some point to get out of the west and i i uh yeah it'll it it, it'll be hard to hard to tell Um, so i i I mean i would say yeah tampa Tampa and colorado are probably um up there as far as the the two probable uh finals yeah, from what I've seen, I think it's Tampa Bay again, but I don't want to say that. We've got Malone Lucif, so who, who knows? Uh, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The current best player in the NHL, in your opinion, is who? Well, Connor McDavid. I mean, yeah. you can't really can't really uh, go much past that. Um, I think I think though it's 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 good to acknowledge different positions. So Connor's definitely got the most speed, most skill. Um, just just sees the game on another level. I mean, he's he's like the Gretzky of this era. Yeah. Um, and, and Sid, Sid's right there too, Sidney Crosby. But I think if you, if you're looking at defensemen, watching Kale McCarr, um, is, is just a treat. Um, he does all the little things, right. The things as, as a defenseman that we work on all the time. I mean, he is a master of them. Um, and then close behind him, I, I really like watching Miro Haskinen. So it was cool to be able to watch him so closely against Calgary in the last series. Cause, um, he's another one that just so much offensive skill sees the game so well almost looks like he's not trying out there because of yeah. the way he plays is just, it's, it's so smooth. And so he's one step ahead with his mind, which means he doesn't have to work as hard physically because he know he can anticipate and, and um, see where things are going before they get there. So those, those three guys are probably my top three. Yeah. Right. Now here's the question I always ask all people who come to NH, NZIHL games. Why does New Zealand have so many Canucks and Leafs fans? Because uh, when I look up <laughs> around the stands, I'm like, hang on, I've been to the Saddle Dome and I've been to a couple of other places. Uh, and I don't think I've ever seen this many Canucks or Leafs jerseys, obviously, apart from Toronto or um, if I'm in Vancouver. But uh, what do you think it is? My theory on the Vancouver thing is it's the, the airport that most New Zealanders fly into and they stay there for a little bit. But have you got any ideas on it? Because I'm just asking one, one person. To yeah, look. yeah. I, like, I, I don't know. I think because if, if you look at it, like Vancouver and Auckland are very similar cities. And so, like you say, and that that's usually the arrival port if you're if you're flying into Canada on the west coast. You know, you're you're going to go through Vancouver. Um, so you probably you're probably right about that one. Um, and and the Leafs, I think I think it's just you know there's so much history in the Maple Leafs organization that um, you know you can you can you see their 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 merchandise everywhere. No matter where you are, you're you're going to see something Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, yeah, I think I think there are a lot of expats here too. Um, that are that are you know living here from um, from Canada and and uh, and that's probably they just they just carry their flag with them when they come over and so uh, but but I mean I don't know it's uh, it's a tough one I, I yeah I know what you're saying though there's always Leafs jerseys and Canucks jerseys in fact yeah. when we did that um, that game at Spark Arena it was so cool to see because um, obviously you know there's tons of people there to, to watch that game with Canada and US and you know the, the swarm and, and admirals we had our the curtain raiser and, um, but I remember walking after the game and just seeing how many NHL jerseys were being worn and, and yeah. to be fair like 
there was massive representation, like from, from teams from, from, you know, all, all over the place. And so it was, it was really cool to see it. People decided to wear their jerseys and, um, and, and yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was pretty, pretty neat walking down on like Queen street and you're like, there's NHL jerseys everywhere. Like what's going on? Where am I? Yeah, right yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, and I yeah. always notice whenever I wear my, um, NHL geez, I always get somebody yelling out something out of a car window or something like "Go Oilers, go!" If I'm wearing my Flames jersey, <laughs> really, that's cool. Yeah, like, that's how cool. far away are we? And you're still keeping. <laughs> okay, now the question yeah, I yeah. always ask all hockey fans, coaches, and players, and I asked AJ the same question: Who I think have got good hockey IQ, what have the Maple Leafs got to do to get past that first round and actually win a Stanley Cup? In your opinion? I think um, like they, they have all the star power in the world. I think so much of it is mental. I think it's so, it, like, you know, it, it's, that's why like teams are, are perennially successful, right? They, they have strong leadership uh, uh, from the coach down. Um, so with, with the Maple Leafs, I, I think they need a little bit more grit. Like playoff hockey is, is a totally different style of hockey. It's, it's, it's a bit more cutthroat and you got to finish your checks and work hard. And um, I think, I think they, they, they should have done it this year. Again, they, mm -hmm. they, they ran into the two time defending champion in the first round, which doesn't help anything at all. But um, I think they need a little bit more grit and just, just it's a mental hurdle. They got to get over in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, talking to some of my friends that actually live in Toronto, they say that part of the biggest problem is, uh the local media there is really quick to sort of say much like another sports team that we have in New Zealand this year's our year and it's going to happen and from that moment on it's like a thermometer going up to sort of 200 degrees and there's no relentless uh no pressure come off the players so 100 I think I think the media drives so much to that it's like there, there's a lot of players who on the record said you know they some some love playing in some of those high stakes um you know centers like like toronto and and uh montreal and things like that but i i think the media just adds so much pressure to to everything that they try to do um and they're under such a microscope i mean you you can play in florida and walk down the street as an nhl player and nobody would know who you are but you yeah, could exactly. never do that in toronto you know uh, like you're you're a local celebrity uh you know on an on a level even more you know extreme than you know some celebrities i mean yeah. it's it's crazy so i think yeah you're you're bang on the the pressure that those the the media puts on the players and the team and the coaches and the gm and you know it's it, it definitely doesn't make it easy when you're in those tight situations you just start gripping the stick a bit too tight and and that's when mistakes happen so yeah not wrong okay so i got two more questions for you the first is this one flames fan to another uh the best flame of all time apart from Iggy, because you can't say Iggy because everybody says Iggy, uh, is, <laughs> is who, in your opinion, the best Calgary Flames player? Uh, I, I would have to go with, um, well, look, I mean, it's hard to look past Johnny Hockey. Um, hey. uh, so I, I, I think Johnny Hockey, but but a, another similar player, one a guy that kind of um, had a bit more grit to his game, though, was Theron Fleury. He was one of my favorites growing up, was, was Theo. Theo was awesome. Um, yeah. He was a little bulldog. I mean, he was five foot six and he, you know, was, was one of the most intense people um, on the ice to watch and had all the skill and still stuck his nose in. So yeah. either Theo, Theo or Johnny hockey. Yeah. And Theo still got one of the best goal celebrations of all time as well. Oh um, uh, man. I yeah. yeah. I saw that the other day on the opener. And, uh, yeah. So cool. So cool. Yeah. And for me, it's Mike Vernon. Cause that's the reason I started watching ice hockey. 
because uh, I saw oh, yeah. it, just went, wow, he's amazing. Um, and at the time, I was playing field hockey. Um, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, bizarre, strange thing. Okay, so, right, what's a day off without hockey look like for Justin? I know that you eat um, and live it, but yeah. when, when, <laughs> well, you get there, that, there. when you get your fiancé, I'm get, assuming she's now your wife, or are you, are you still... No, no, we, we, we had to postpone the wedding uh, for the last two years just to try to buy time for, yeah. um, for the borders to open up so that my family could come over for it. So we're, we're in a fingers crossed and oh. all things should be good for, for February 2023. Exactly. So okay. then the knot will be tied. But yeah, time, time off. Um, yeah. So when your fiance says no hockey today, Justin, we're not watching it, we're not playing <laughs> it, we're not researching it. What are you doing? What's your complete? Well, funny, funny enough, it's actually uh, we've had that discussion before of when I retire and and uh, stop it. playing. And she said you 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 can't stop for at least another five years. She won't let me. So <laughs> so right. she's she's quite quite supportive. But uh, no, we um, we we live on a, a property just outside of Auckland, um, and and uh, she she's into eventing. Um, so she's a horse rider. Um, so um, we have a lot to do around the ranch. I call it. Yeah, uh, we live out on the ranch, um, yeah. so we've got yeah nine horses and uh, a bunch of other stuff going on. So there's uh, not a not a ton of downtime for for her or or myself. We're constantly doing things either around the house or doing something with the horses and um and and yeah, so busy busy lifestyle, but it's it's good to be busy. So awesome. Hey Justin, thank you very much for being a guest. Uh, look, honestly, I could talk to you for hours about hockey. You probably. Half of those would be about the Calgary Flames, but I wouldn't do that to anybody <laughs> else. That's okay, though. Um, so the puck drops, uh, NZ, IHL. There's already some preseason games started off as all the Thunder were playing the Red Devils, I think it was, uh, in a couple of days. But for us up in Auckland, it's the 11th of June, uh, the mighty Auckland Marco versus the West Auckland Admirals. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing Justin will be playing for the Admirals in that, that day. Uh yeah. Um, no, I. I mean, yet yet to be determined. I, I might be with the Marco. I might. I might be on the bench with the Marco, helping coach. So, uh, we're, we're not going to give anything away. We'll see. No, that's all good. That's all good. No worries then. Right. Okay. So, uh, if you want some tickets, then go and visit the NZIHL uh, website, and you can get your tickets. You can get your merchandise there. Uh, make sure that you go along and support the the guys and uh, the girls of New Zealand ice hockey. Um, like Justin and I have said, the sport is growing. It's a fantastic sport. You should definitely go and watch. Um, and like Justin says, once you watch it and you kind of get it, we'll take you a couple of games. That's fair, eh, Justin? Yeah, yeah. It takes you a little bit just to just to yeah get get to know what's going on and some of those basic rules. But once you got that, you know what's happening. I tell you, you'll you'll love it. So yeah, you're not wrong. And the next thing you know, you'll be watching ESP in just about every afternoon, like I am. Hey, uh, <laughs> thanks very much, Justin. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Uh, no doubt, I'll see you on the sidelines there. Um, I'll be cheering you if you're wearing grey and if you're wearing other colours then hey that's just the way it is right. <laughs> no thanks so much Brian really appreciate being on and uh, like you said I could chat to you all day so might have to take you up on a coffee sometime we can talk some flames thanks for listening but please do Constable Brian and I a favour and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next Coppertino podcast real people real stories